Hello, and welcome to Everything Remade, a podcast that I hope is about growth as much as it is about music. I'm Sean Decker, and I'd like you to hear something. You're hearing Katabasis by Trophy Hunt, featuring my pal, Hi Van Black, on guitar and vocals. If you haven't heard it already, go listen to the full EP on Bandcamp now. City, and uh, my mom and dad were together until I was about four, and we moved around a lot. Um, but then they they separated. They were never married, um, and we, my mom and I, settled in Manhattan, um, and I spent most of my life there. Um, my home life was was really cool, honestly. It was my mom, um, her husband, and. Uh, a roommate named Jane who wasn't really attached to anyone romantically, but lived with us for like more than a decade. So he was a really like pivotal part of my upbringing and actually like um, a big part of coming into music for me. That's awesome. Um, was, was Dwayne like your folks age or? Yeah. Okay. So they, they were all in there like, um, you know, early twenties when I was born and like when I was coming into adolescence, like late twenties, early thirties. Mm-hmm. So, um, like Dwayne showed you like a lot of cool bands and stuff or. Oh my God. Yeah. He was just like <laughs> a huge consumer of media. So he put me on to like the enduring interests in my life, which are like heavy music, comics and like movies, you know? Yeah. Um, and yeah, he, he just like, he had so many CDs so like the stuff was just there for me, you know? Yeah. Um, and my mom too was like really into music and we had a lot of like LPs on the shelf and like, what was really cool is like, it's a lot of punk stuff, you know? Like, cause she was very much part of that scene. That's awesome. Like, like going to shows like in New York city and stuff when she was younger and stuff. Yeah. And my mom would actually like take me to shows as a baby. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. We, yeah. 
we we definitely did that like um with our oldest you know who like he's yeah you know, he's grown now uh, but uh yeah. yeah he he um I actually had that conversation with uh, with Matthew from Majority Rule. I was like, "Yeah, this this because our band Plague Walker played with them with Majority Rule, you know, a couple years ago, and and he, my oldest, went with me to that show. So we we're chatting with Matthew. And I'm like, um, actually, this kid saw you. Well, sort of saw you when uh, uh, he couldn't even um, walk yet." Uh, back in that in that uh, basement in uh, Fort Wayne, and and that was just like a really, I think it was fun for everyone. You know, it was like my kid, of course, can't remember the first time he saw him, but he was like, "That's cool. This is like six screamo band that I saw mm-hmm. like before I could even remember." And yeah, that's really awesome. Do you know like any shows in particular you went went to? Yeah, I know for sure that I was at um, an agnostic front show when I was, like, <laughs> three years old. <laughs> That's wild. Because <laughs> I remember, like, they tried to get me to, like, do something on stage, and I was very shy, not oh, into it. The band was, like, come up and, and throw up some devil horns or something. and <laughs> They wanted me to, like, say something into the mic, but I wasn't having it. Mm-hmm. I was a really shy kid. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's... But no, it's, it's so cool to grow up with, like, parents who were in the music scene. Honestly, I feel, like, totally enriched by the experience. Yeah. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, it's, um, I guess, like, you know, at least at that point, nobody's going to be saying, like, shit, like, uh, this would be cool if it wasn't for all the screaming and stuff like that, you know? <laughs> <laughs> totally. Totally. Yeah. 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 Uh, so you said yeah. that... Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, no, no, please, please. Oh, um, you said that uh, that you also got into comics. Like, what yeah. what comics were you reading as a kid? Oh my god! Like my earliest stuff was, I mean, like Watchmen was on the shelf, which was like a really turning point sort of thing for me. I got to honestly, I got exposed to a lot of like very adult media very young. That's what I was um, yeah. <laughs> and I feel kind. Of, I, I feel kind of grateful for the experience, but maybe I could have waited a little bit. Yeah. But um, the earliest comics I really, like, uh, was attracted to was, like, um, Yonan Vasquez's comics, like, Squee and, like, Johnny the Homicidal Maniac and, like, very, like, gothy comics of the late 90s. Uh-huh. I yeah. like Sandman, you know, like. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That, yeah. That, that was a really good time um, for comics like that. There was a lot oh, of that stuff, a lot of independent um, press and stuff going around then. I I wish, um, I, or maybe it maybe it does exist, but I wish like some of that stuff was easier to find now. You know, like um, it's kind of just like if if you didn't know it then, I mean it's probably somewhere you can download. You know, PDFs now you're so right. But yeah, um, I mean. I'm really lucky because I live in Brooklyn, so there's still a ton of, like, small press art comics here, and, like, they're pretty accessible, but we have, like, a, a good scene for that, you know? Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. When we used to go on tour, I would try to go into a comic shop in every city, and uh, some places, like, yeah, like, particularly, like, Baltimore and Richmond, there would be just, like, zines and stuff like that. That I'm like, this is what I, like, this is, like, comics, like, I would know, you know, from, like, um, yeah. doing zines and stuff as, a, as you know, 
a young punk and stuff like this is what I expected um, yeah. punks to look like. And it, it's uh, it's really cool, but at the same time, you're on tour and you can never afford to bring <laughs> bring a bunch of them back, you know? Um, you're so right. You and I have probably been to some of the same places because my I've had good experiences in Baltimore and D.C. finding, like, cool, like, local zines and stuff. Yeah. What's the yeah. one in... Is the one in Baltimore called, like, Atomic Comics or something? It's... The, it has I think a, Atomic's in Philly, right? What now? I think Atomic is in Philly, unless oh, there's it? another in Baltimore. Yeah, I mean, uh, the one that I always wind up, like, how I always do it, and I, I wish that I was the kind of person that was more prepared when this kind of stuff, like, yeah. to, to do this kind of stuff. I'm just not, like, a, I'm not a, a travel planner maker, you know? Yeah. So, like, um, I just show up, and I'm and I'm, like, go to the my comic shop like nearest comic locator thing and i'm like oh yeah i've been to that one you know um yeah but um yeah it's they always have like it seems like they always have a name that's it, it's like i, I don't want to say it's like generic but you like it wouldn't surprise me if there was one in philly and there was one there or whatever you know i i just never i'm like oh yeah that's you know, Atomic Comics or, you know, totally. s some of them like really stick out like things from another world or whatever. But, you know, um, and then like Austin Books and Comics, that's mm -hmm. hard, hard to forget because you're like actually in Austin. But <laughs> yeah, you're, you're so right. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, anyway, that's that's really cool. Um, yeah. And I guess like, you know, I I I never like really. Um, I, I never really like thought about like, oh yeah, um, that particular era in comics, you know, like when, um, things were like getting like really dark and stuff. Like I, I never thought about like, were kids reading those? Like, you know, were like typically speaking who was consuming that, but I mean, you know, oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I would go like after school to like Forbidden Planet in Union Square and get like just whatever I could get my hands on that was vaguely gothy. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That um, it's really weird. Like, I I just have no um, frame of reference for that like that scene now, and that's that's too bad. Like, I follow tons of artists and stuff like online and stuff but i don't i actually really only know about like one or two people that like are putting out you know like uh just like diy like handmade you know handmade stuff like um uh there's a there's one i got recently called celery stocks which is really cool and uh, yeah. and then there's like people that work for other publishers but also do their own thing like um like there's one that i what was it called like um uni unicorn fight squad which was really cool <laughs> that rules yeah but um yeah i have um a friend in philly my friend pris Gannett, who's like really tapped into like the art comic scene and makes very like small press risograph like true cult comics out there <laughs> that's awesome yeah I've, I've always wanted to like fold that my love of like stuff like that into like the 
I've always wanted to like fold that into like the label catalog, but I've never, mm. it's hard because you, because like you can't, it like when you like, when you're like, how much, like, like if I, if I need to get like five of these from somebody and it's like, they cost someone like three or four bucks to make it. And then, yeah. and then they got to ship it. And I'm trying to like, you know, just like recoup, you know, then it's always like, well, someone should just buy it from them instead, you know, but I want to, like, I've always wanted to be like, cause back in the day with shows, like the coolest thing was just like, you have your, all of your friends bands records in your merch bin and like people flip through and they maybe they never heard it, but they see it and then they go and they listen to it or, or whatever, you know? So I was like, wow. wanted to have like a, little literature table and stuff too but i just didn't i didn't know how to get started and i i um was just like well i can barely afford to have records you know so uh it's a it's it's a challenge i mean i don't know i'm always saying that i'm gonna finish these couple of comic ideas i've been working on so eventually it'll happen but um well i'd love to read them when you do oh Oh, definitely, definitely. Um, I mean, I think the the literature stuff can be like practical on a local scale. Like, we've definitely had people come out with us, like to more local shows, and like table with us and do like zine stuff. You know? Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I but you're right, it's prohibitively expensive to like do it long distance. Yeah, yeah, and it's just like it's like I was saying. You know, you want to be like, you want to be fair to everybody. You don't. You you're not like. Hey, sell me this at cost. You know what I yeah. mean. But a lot of times, people are like they're barely selling it for more than cost in the first place. And, and then when you get it from them, and then you take like, uh, you take like payment processor fees into mm -hmm. the situation and everything, then you're like, well, I have to charge this two dollars more than them to break even or whatever. That people might as well get it from them, but. That yeah, makes it, that's up quick. Yeah, that makes it hard to like, like promote. Like, I don't know. That was one of the cool things about like, uh, what was it like? Those old, those old um, like MySpace and all that, where you would just like have, mm -hmm. uh, you would have like a link tree almost to like all the yeah. stuff you were into. You know, like I know completely. Yeah, I wish I could have that for like the label. Just like boom, here's like what what you all should like get that i don't have but um i don't know i was completely that girl too i had like all the custom html on my face <laughs> with all the bands and a, a song that would play that you could not turn off <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's awesome yeah, I, yeah it's it's um there was there was definitely you know there was like the there was a, definitely the charm to all that and just like the uh the aim away messages and, and everything like that. But those are like the glory days of my teenage life. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, like looking to see if your soul seek downloads were ever going to reconnect and all that. Oh my God. <laughs> like I'm triggered. Yeah, yeah totally. <laughs> it's like, this is the only person I found that had this song of this band that I was in for like five seconds, but yeah. like, yeah, I don't know. Um, Trying to download the black demo by I would set myself. Oh my God. I, yeah. I don't, I, I don't know. Like, 
it's like it, it's like we we would we we you know I've talked about this with different people. It's like you would find somebody who has something that you think is something no one would have, and then just go through their stuff. That's like, exactly what I did. Yeah, I found out about yeah. so many bands doing that. Yeah, it's just like like hmm, who, what is this? What band is a signifier of good taste, but rarity also? And then you're like, okay, now I'm on to something. I, I found some of my favorite bands ever doing that, like Moonraker, who were so like pivotal to me, mm. like was fully something I just like went into someone who had like sunny day real estate or something and they had it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, yeah. So you, you were like, you know, immersed in music and, and like comics and sort of like the, the, like, you know, um, I don't know, like what's a, like that scene or whatever, like from yeah. a very young age. Um, when did, when did um, like your ambition to like play instruments and be in bands, like did, did that also foster like very young? I think, yeah, in like middle school, I would like talk about starting bands with some friends and we wrote songs, but we, you know, it didn't really come to anything. Mm -hmm. uh, but I had a lot of friends who like, we, we went to shows together and I started like, I started, I guess I sang in a band for the first time when I was like 14 years old. Okay. So you, um, yeah, you were like, you were, you weren't playing an instrument quite yet or. I didn't learn. I didn't start learning. I started learning to play the bass like when I was 14. Okay. Um, and I didn't start on guitar until I was like 15 or 16. Okay. Um, I had a, like a very late development in terms of that. Yeah. Um, but I was a huge music fan, you know? Yeah. Yeah. D d like did, um, we, in your school system, did they have like sort of like compulsory music in one way, shape or form? Like, were you involved in anything like that in school? Yeah, I was. So um, we had we had like a band class in middle school and I played uh, I very unsuccessfully tried to play the flute, um, wasn't good at it and switched to the baritone horn, which is a much simpler instrument. OK, um, but that was really cool because our music teacher, this guy, um, Gil Schwartz, he like would let um, that there was a high school attached to my middle school. And so some of the high school kids had a punk band and he would let them like practice there on our lunch period. And I would go like watch them. It was like a very cool environment to be in. Yeah, that is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I was very lucky in that regard. I, I like I, I played a few things in um, school band, but I remember like I think I think the first thing that I wanted to play was like saxophone, but it was like too expensive or something. And I end up like playing something more practical, uh, end up playing like violin and, and stuff. But um, like, yeah, I also, uh, the reason I brought that up, I also did not start playing guitar or anything until um, way, way later in like, I was like nearly 18 or, you know, I was 17 or 18 about then. Dang, that's cool to hear. I feel like everyone I meet, it's like started when they were like two years old. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's, I mean, especially like, you know, there's like in the circles that we run now, you know, the bands that, you know, we're all like sort of associated with, um, they're ridiculously talented people by the time that they're like 19, you know? <laughs> and I'm like, oh, yeah. uh, I'm not like, 
I don't care necessarily that I'm as whether I'm as good as somebody else or whatever, but like it's just like you're like they're better at 19 than I'll probably ever be and like I barely, you know, was playing at 19, but like you know, I I don't know, make up for lost time eventually, I guess. I mean, like, I think it's so cool. I, I get blown away. Like, we played with foxtails, and I'm just so humbled playing next to those people. Like, yeah. they're so young and so good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I th- yeah, I mean, I think it's, I think it's awesome. I think that like everything that's good about technology is is like becoming more and more evident. Like the more talented people are like at younger ages like whether it's you know like knowing shit about computers or like Mm -hmm. being really good at drums you know it's like all the information that people have access to and and use like constructively it's like it blows my mind like you know when people are like oh i just like i learned how to like mix and record my band like from youtube and you're like you're you're like this is like fucking like like pro like expensive studio quality shit that somebody's doing and they just learned oh, it off of YouTube. Yeah. yeah. So it's it's really amazing. Awesome. Yeah. And I, I think like, you know, as a long term follower of like these genres, I think the music's better than ever. I'm in no way like an old school romanticist. Like I think everything happening now is so exciting to me. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't I don't look at it like either way. I just think that there, that there's like, um, you know, the time and the place has affected what we hear, and that's fine. Yeah. I don't think that you're so you, right. I don't think you have to have like, um, it. I don't think you have to have like a. It was better then, or it's better now. But I do like feel like. Um, what you're like, I do connect with what you're saying because like the thing that I appreciate about music now is it's now, you know, <laughs> like, yeah. um, and I, it's, I don't know. It's like, there's a really cool, like, there's a really cool, like way to feel about like a story that's been told and it's mm-hmm. over. And there's also like an an excitement about a story that's still going. And that's kind of maybe the way that I feel about like bands and stuff, you know? I really see that. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, I don't, I don't, um, I don't, I'm not trying to like, uh, to like, um, dismiss any anyone who's doing this or anything but that's that's kind of why I am not necessarily like I'm not that big on like releasing stuff that's from however many years ago or whatever because Mm -hmm. you know like I want to see where something is going you know and I can I like love the stuff that's happened but I just I'm like you know, this is still going. We're still marching, you know, into the future, no no matter how bleak things look or whatever. And, like, music is always going to be the thing that gets me, you know, through all of it and stoked about 
like people that are doing it and stuff. So I don't know. That yeah, that perspective really resonates with me. y'all's first thing like mm -hmm. a little over a year ago or whatever um the silent intercom uh release and you know i think maybe i had like you had like bought a tape from me at that point or something or maybe yeah. it was, maybe it was like and i was like oh that name's familiar and then you're like this isn't necessarily screamo but check it out and i was like like that's the kind of shit that i like i'm like who are these people? Like this band is sick. Who are these people? Like, why why don't I know them? You know, and like it get, that's what gets me stoked about like meeting new people and you know everything. Um, but um, yeah, I love the community aspect as well. Yeah, going back to like what you're saying about you know your first band and stuff. You said that you were kind of writing songs and but it wasn't really going anywhere. But then you ended up like singing in this band. Uh, when you were like, you know, 15, um, was like, was like your first time when you go to a practice and you start singing in this band, were you like, holy shit that, yeah, this is what I like, this is what I thought this was going to be like, um, this is what's up or was it like a different, were you nervous or? Um, I think like, I think I was really nervous, um, but I also, I don't know, I was playing with some people that, like, we were all very much on, like, the same wave with music and very excited to be in a band. So I think that energy was just, like, um, it was really, like, able to carry us through not being the greatest band in the world. Mm -hmm. um, 
And like, you know, the, the very first band I was in didn't do anything besides like, I think play a school talent show, but it was still like, I, I had so much fun, you know? Yeah, for sure. What kind of band was it? It was like the very first band was like very early, like metalcore. Okay. You know, how did that um, go over at the talent show? I mean, one one dude who I knew from like a local band started like two stepping for one of our parts, and like that was enough for me. Just like that, <laughs> that single dude two stepping in a school auditorium, you know? Yeah, that's awesome. yeah. yeah. but and I still remember it. So obviously, it did something for me, you know? Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. I mean, it, it got you hyped enough to like keep going and stuff. So you know, that's yeah. important. Um, yeah, so you know, anybody listening, like just just be that person for somebody at some point. If you think you're gonna look not cool or whatever, but you're feeling it, just do it because you know you never know. Um, no, it's so crucial that kind of support. Like yeah. it, it makes or breaks a thing, you know. Yeah, for sure. Um, so how like how long do you think it was before you were in a band um, that you were like definitely like uh, taking more seriously and and uh, and like writing stuff that you were more uh, confident in and, um, and everything like that. I think probably it ramped up over like the next two years between like being 15 and 17, where like I played in a bunch of bands and tried a bunch of different lineups, um, and then solidified into like a thing that we like were able to play shows locally and like had like, we, we put out an album, which is like very difficult to find now. Um, but like, yeah, I, I, probably like two years from like that to that. Um, but like, I didn't do in, in my teen years. I didn't do any like bands that I would really say were like of note. Like nothing that really broke out of our local scene, you know. Yeah, but you did record an album. What What was that like? You know, when you're like seventeen, and I mean, I like, I I went through this myself, you know. But it was it, uh, like I'm sure the experience that you had is much different. This is way later and technologies um like made everything much simpler um wh what like what was your first recording experience like well i mean funnily enough so i had a m audio fast track pro that i got like for 50 bucks at guitar center oh okay um, and that was the interface we used and we just did di instruments with like really really cr crummy like I think we had like maybe um, one of us had like the other guitarist in the band had bought a PV head, um, and we just ran like the phone jack out into the into the <laughs> interface, you know, uh -huh. um, and then like did drum programming for like the you know I, I still did that for Silent Intercom, you know, like that that's a skill set that I kept developing, but. Um, and then, you know, just recorded vocals in a bedroom, you know, uh -huh. it was, it was very, very low budget. <laughs> yeah. So you, did, um, you yeah. did that completely yourself. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Me and my friends. And you, yeah. like, I'm assuming you had the same, like, kind of, um, uh, experience with learning to do that, that I was just describing, like just looking stuff up online and. I mean, honestly, like. There were not as many resources as there are now. Okay. Um, I honestly think we just MacGyvered it. I think <laughs> one of one of our 
band member. I think our drummer knew like a tiny bit about recording and we just took like the quickest route we could to getting some sound on, on a CD, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, uh, it's really wild. Like, um, I think like one of the, now not like think, but one of the first recordings that I ever did was like, um, by myself anyway, um, was just like on one of those Tascam four tracks. And, um, mm. that was one of the, like, i still have that in the other room. I probably couldn't operate it now. I have no idea. Like, it's like you, okay. So you can plug this many mics into it, but, and it's got this many inputs, but you can't plug that many into it at once because this is like for bouncing tracks over and this is, and it's yeah. like, yeah, I don't, I don't know how, like, before the internet, like, um, people figured this stuff out. Like, with these shitty-ass, like, instruction booklets and stuff, you're like, this doesn't make any sense, but... Honestly, I can't even remember doing it. Who knows how we got there? <laughs> That's awesome, though. But I still have that interface. I still use it for demoing. That's awesome. Um, yeah. So do you, do you... Would you say that since... Um, you were doing it all yourself and you're just kind of like uh, that it was a pretty like stress-free experience or was there still a lot of like did you feel like I really got to figure this out because like some something is hinging on you know hinging on you being able to do this I think it was really playful and low stakes honestly that's awesome we just put the stuff out on MySpace made some burner CDs for our friends you know played some shows it was a good time that is awesome yeah, for yeah. Sure. I I think like you know just playing with that aspect of music making it it can be so informative to songwriting, you know? So mm -hmm. like I think that's, you know, it's really awesome that this that experience is more accessible to folks, you know, nowadays and everything. Um but so um once you actually like uh, you said that, like, now I don't, I don't know, like, um, you said that you, you were still doing, um, drone programming when it came to silent intercom, but I've saw, I've seen on the pages that you recorded at, at a studio for, for your, for the two trophy hunt releases. Um, like how was going and doing that, like in a studio, how did you, like feel about that in in you know ref, like retrospect to like what you had been doing like did well actually um both silent intercom and catabasis were done in our practice space oh, okay so our, our, in our practice space and our home all, all four of us live together at this point oh. um and but i can speak to we just we're working on a record right now and we just finished tracking in an actual studio. Oh, okay. So that, um, I must have been like, I must have been putting the pictures I saw y'all posting on Instagram or whatever with like the idea that what it, I can't remember what it said. It said like CAFU or something. Yeah. The, the CAFO, the concentrated animal feeding operation. That's okay. our apartment. Okay. So <laughs> yeah. Okay. In, in the, uh, the tradition of naming the punk houses and stuff. You, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's. I mean, I should have seen that one coming because I call my my 
set up uh, Yogawit Studios, which is the way that my oldest used to pronounce the word yogurt when he was little. <laughs> so, I love that. So yeah, um, I, I it's like recorded at Yo Yogawit Studios, like, <laughs> and I I always hope that it it uh, conjures up some grandiose like imaginative like this big board and whatever. But now nah, it's a it's a pre-sonus fire pod and uh <laughs> straight up <laughs> yeah and a uh a dell computer from uh uh 15 years ago but um yeah exactly yeah. um we yeah we i i've had a really good time recording and like stuff mixing ourselves in the practice space but um going to this studio for tracking the new record we're working on has been honestly really great to just focus on playing guitar um and not think about like also having to do drum mic placement and also having to like do the mix later you know yeah um yeah i, I think like i think this record's gonna be a little a little sturdier than our earlier output you know that's awesome i'm real excited to hear it when uh when when that happens um so you you like yeah, you definitely. Uh, there's definitely a a uh, an aspect of it where you're like, oh, this is sick. Like all I have to do is play the songs, you know, and and do that well. <laughs> um, but um, did you feel like you had to that the band itself had to prepare any differently to to go? Like, did you feel like okay? this time we like really got to have the songs nailed or were you, did you always have like that same, like, um, did you always have the same like routines or whatever before you hit record, whether it's where you're going somewhere or whether you're doing it yourself? I mean, I think with our DIY recordings, we did keep things a little looser. Uh-huh. The, the, the like main thing for us was to just get it done very quickly. Uh, and yeah, I think I, I know for a fact that our drummer, Anthony, uh, and Nicole and I have been like, just like killing ourselves practicing up to this point, you know, yeah. um, to the extent that like Nicole and I would sit in her bedroom every day and just practice the, the songs to like a metronome, you know? Oh, wow. Yeah. It, it's been pretty, we, we've been pretty serious about it. <laughs> That's awesome. And, um, yeah. So are you completely done with that at this point? Like, or do you, are you, are, are you doing things in incrementally or? Um, it's all tracked. We have, we're going to do one more day for editing. Um, and then we're going to set it off to a producer. It's been kind of a stilted process with the quarantine mm. because um, one of the studios we originally wanted to go to is like closed until everyone can get vaccinated basically. Uh -huh. um, and another studio we were, going to check out like it was it was the same situation where like the owners just dealing with stuff you know so we ended up going with like a very local studio with with the the person who runs our practice space actually uh -huh. um and it, it's it's been sorry i lost my my train of thought oh, no you're fine <laughs> no it, it's been a really cool experience um i think yeah it, it, it's 
it's it's almost done. You know, I I'm, I say that hesitantly because who knows how much time the rest of the, you just don't know what delays are going to be like during this the pandemic. You know, even yeah. as it it seems to be letting up a little. You know, mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah, and I mean, um, everyone's schedules and you know everything like that. Um, but yeah, that's really cool that it's um, you know all wrap all wrapping up or getting close to that. Um, so like. Uh, to go back a little bit, though, um, uh, ha- have like any of the bands that you were in before this, or or like, have you ever, you know, been able to go out on like any any kind of like tours or anything like that, or is that still something that you're hopefully looking forward to in the future? Can I tell you that's the great lament of my life is that none of my bands have quite made it to that level. This one, we were supposed to tour right as the pandemic hit. Uh, like, yeah. And we had like dates booked and the record was coming out and, you know, just yeah. wasn't to be, you know? Yeah. Um, but as soon as, as soon as it's a thing again, yeah. we're going to, we're going to break that seal, you know? For sure. Yeah. And I've gotten to, I've gotten to play like out of town shows and stuff, but like never like a proper tour. Uh huh. Like you're, I mean, you know, you need to sleep on some basement floors and stuff, you know? Yeah. <laughs> well, Just, uh... <laughs> I've done that without getting to play shows. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, but yeah, um, Plague Walker was like, they were on their way to my house to like practice and then leave for tour. And then it was like, it was on the E calling me and being like, hey, have you like been keeping up with, this stuff and i and i'm like oh kind of kind of but not really it's like not not that bad right or whatever and and she's like i think it's getting bad and they pulled over and they're like should we keep coming should we go on this tour and uh then we were uh chatting then we were like um chatting with steph our bass player like uh like separately but we both were like they were chatting with Steph and I was chatting with Steph and Steph's mom's like, I don't want Steph going, you know, and Steph's like, my parents don't want me to go. And we are like, this is like, you know, before March and everything, but like, right as like, it felt like just days before stuff really hit the fan. And so, yeah, I, we were, I, we were right there with with a lot of folks who were you know having to just like get the their plans uprooted you know like right at the finish line or whatever um but yeah yeah um, it's still surreal <laughs>
all that, um, how did this band come together? Um, so I took between the ages of like, so here's the, the long, the long short story is I broke my hand when I was like 20 years old. Oh shit. Um, my right hands and had to take, uh, like six months from like playing the guitar. Um, and coming back to it, like I was, I learned, I re- had to relearn the instrument basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was really brutal and I wasn't able to play in bands. And then I went back to college. Um, and I ended up doing five years. I did a combined bachelor's and master's program. So I wasn't playing in bands basically from the age of 20 to like 26. Um, and I had, I, I started, I started this like, yeah, probably right as that was finishing up as like a solo project. Um, and then Nicole joined up and we, we had a whole string of like different band members over the years and nothing really solidified until like, I'd say like 2018, um, when we met our singer Kayla. And we finally like gave up on trying to find a drummer and just decided to go out with the drum machine. Uh-huh. Um, so yeah, it, it, it grew out of this like solo project that I was just writing songs for. And then Nicole started contributing and we just like accumulated these songs over this like five year period. And that's what like that minus a couple ended up being silent intercom. Okay. Um, and prior to that, we just had like a couple little demos and stuff, you know, but we were out playing shows pretty steadily throughout like 2018 and 2019. Just like playing the stuff that would eventually be released as silent intercom. But exactly. But you, you mentioned someone named Caleb, but were, did they, were they on silent intercom or? So Kayla was on our original demo, which is not like online anymore. Oh, okay. Um, they they were on their original demo and played like a really like a lot of shows with us, um, but quit right before we uh, recorded Silent Intercom. And Ash joined up really quickly and just learned the material and we put the record out. Oh, okay, awesome. Yeah. And like, and since then, so how did the drummer did the live drummer come into the situation? So. Um, I, we, we had one of our first shows was with this band Maafa who are like a youth crew style, radical black hardcore band. Okay. Um, and we ended up playing a fest with them again, like in 2019, I think sheer queer fest in Boston. Um, and their bassist couldn't make it. So I ended up filling in on bass for them. And got really close with uh, Anthony, okay. who's the guitar player in that band. Um, and he was already like a fan of what we were doing. Um, and and just like when we were talking about doing that record, he was like, uh, "What if I joined up?" And unfortunately, like that's the thing. He was already in the band at the point that. We were recording Silent Intercom, and we we had just already recorded it, so we ended up putting it out with the drum machine. But he's still credited in there because he like 
you know, gave us notes and stuff, you know? Yeah, yeah. I thought that I saw that the lineup was the same from both releases, so that's what where I was, like, um, surprised to find that the first was Drum Machine and stuff. Um, but, yeah, um, so, so like, uh, once Anthony joined, then you all started just, like, working on the songs from that release and making, like, you know, um, making, like, your live shows make sense, like, with this whole new arrangement. Um, did you get to play many shows um, as, like, the full live band like that? Yeah, luckily we got to play a handful of shows before. Um, he joined, like, the December before coronavirus happened. Oh, okay. We got to play a handful of shows over those couple months and actually um, started, we wrote the the couple songs that became Catabasis in like the first couple months of him being in the band. Okay. And was that like when you yeah. finally like got out with everyone out there and, and doing it and was that, were you finally like, okay, this is what I was thinking of? No. Yeah. That, that's exactly what I felt like. Um, in, in a real way, like silent intercom feels like a really nice cap on like that era of the band, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and like, this feels like, yeah, the culmination of it. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, yeah. It's really gratifying. <laughs> yeah. No, um, I, um, I wanted to ask like, uh, because, you know, um, I, d you know, I don't, I don't um, pretend to always know how uh, f folks are going to like refer to their band like genre wise or whatever. But um, I, I like your, your descriptor on Bandcamp. It's a, what was it? Ecstatic <laughs> grindcore. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I, I wondered because, um, you know, like uh, now I, I, I am always like, hearing people refer to bands that I listened to 20 years ago or whatever as a certain genre that, and this does obviously include Screamo, um, that didn't exist then. So I think it's really interesting, like, um, like, you know, if somebody's like, oh, Asuk is grindcore or whatever, and like, the, you know, right. they, they weren't calling it grindcore then, you know? At, like, literally everything back then was just like a hardcore band, like, uh, <laughs> like you and I was a hardcore band. Um, uh, Asuk was a hardcore band. Um, you know, yeah, yeah. It was just like, it was a hardcore band. Um, yeah. but, uh, like, so, um, what, what do you like? How do you, how do you like, okay, we're, we're a grindcore band versus like any other, what do you think makes you identify the band as a grindcore band as opposed to like any other number of, of labels? You know, um, I think that at the point that we were writing, that Nicole and I were writing the silent intercom songs, it was very much like our goal to be like a more straightforward grind band. Uh -huh. um, but like, I think, I think there's just been a creep and like, it's not, it's not truly the best descriptor anymore, but it's the one we got, you know? Sure, sure. Yeah. And I mean, <laughs> because like, we're, we're sitting at a funny intersection of genres, you know? Yeah, for sure. 
I mean, I think I hear a lot of I hear a lot of things, and like I, that's what I want. You know, I want to hear a lot of different things. I don't want to just hear the same thing, you know, all the time. Like, but um, yeah, I'm also like don't think that that. It does that kind of thing doesn't matter to me either. I just find it interesting, like, um, like how people decide, like, oh well, it's because you know whatever. Like, we we call ourselves grindcore because there's this beat in it so many times. I'm like, okay, that's fair. Um, totally. Yeah. Like I don't. Someone someone online recently called us a uh, crusty metalcore, and I don't think that's a lie. You know? <laughs> <laughs> like you can throw just. You can throw a lot of labels on it, and that's, I don't know, I think that, that makes for a really interesting project. Um, well, yeah. I, like you're saying with like, oh, all those bands were hardcore bands, right? Uh-huh. Like, genre labels tend to be retrospective. Like, I feel like in 10 years, people will take like all the stuff that's happening now that's getting called Screamo really broadly and break it up into categories, you know? Yeah, they'll, somebody will like retroactively like, make the perfect label for um ultra deluxe or you know whatever like when when i when i just like don't i'm like i don't know it's it's uh science fiction punk music i don't i don't know what to but um yeah no total yeah it's um it's really cool like i i think you know it's one thing that i think is a little bit strange is that there's a resurgence right now in bands that are going like bands some bands seem to be going away from a more diversified like sound or whatever some some bands seem to be like okay well we were doing that before and now we want to just specifically sound like this instead um but like i mean i've i've always i've always like been just ecstatic over stuff that like it's it's pretty commonplace now for if you said i wanted to have a band that sounds like old promise ring plus orchid like that wouldn't even be a thing you'd like I just that man. <laughs> yeah i mean well like like what i'm trying to say is like nobody would bat an eye they'd be like yeah oh, that absolutely. makes sense you know but like that's always been my like like i love like that you know chocolate and peanut butter uh, mixing and stuff like because i mean if you said old promise ring and orchid then you're just describing burial etiquette really i mean yeah that's, you know and um yeah it's, so, right. it, so i mean i've always been way into that stuff and uh yeah i'm i'm looking forward to um to is your new thing is it like an lp or is it another yeah it's an lp it's 30 whole minutes oh damn how many <laughs> tracks is 30 minutes for y'all 10 okay we were okay. longer songs okay is <laughs> does now is it is it like a is it like an average song length or, or is it one of those cases where one song being really long like because i think i think the first three songs on the record all clock in shorter than a minute and a half so oh, okay so, <laughs> um yeah there's a couple ones that eat up most of the runtime <laughs> okay yeah because I definitely, um, I definitely did the uh, LP where like one side of the record is uh, nine songs and the other side is one song. So like, yeah. you know, I've definitely been on the 
other end of that where it's like like yeah uh these songs pretty short this one not really um i think the the flow is like there's a couple short songs uh, two long songs in the middle and then a couple short songs to finish that's awesome yeah um, yeah um, so i mean obviously um you know you can't um really plan like um what what you know or rather when you're going to release it or whatever but have you already like are you already in that mindset like like we've got the the artwork all done and and all this stuff like are you are you just like you know chomping at the bit to like show people this or are you just like playing it cool i'm really really like i would love to put it out as soon as possible um our our friend uh, alana engel who did the art for silent intercom is doing the art again for this one um and she is i'd say about halfway done we asked her to do something a little more ambitious this time um and we're talking to a couple people about distribution um and you know it's really going to come down to how quickly this editing process gets done, what our producer schedule is looking like. Um, and then, yeah, I, I mean, the hope is to have it out during the summer, you know? That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, yeah, well, uh, is there, uh, like, uh, I don't know. I, I feel like we got through a lot of that a lot faster than I usually do. <laughs> um, is there anything else that you wanted to chat about? Um, you know, uh, I, what you were saying before about like the, the like recombination of bands that's happening right now where people are just kind of like throwing all these influences together. Uh, I think like, I, I think like as someone who's been in this for like basically a lifetime, um, and watch like, the history of this kind of music. I feel like there's always those periods of like mass innovation and then consolidation. And it's like this push pull expansion contraction thing, you know? Yeah. Um, and I just love to watch it, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I guess that's like, that's absolutely true because like in, well, I guess it was about 2004 or whatever. Like there was a real big, like, a lot of bands sounded pretty much pretty similar and a lot yeah. of bands were kind of sticking in in a uh, certain like formula or whatever um and uh it was almost to where like you know after the band that i was in around that time um broke up i didn't i because like that was like shortly after my oldest was born um i didn't play in bands for a while and i was like you know for a while until I got really back immersed in like the, you know, touring bands and stuff. Um, I, I was like, do people still even play any of this stuff anymore? And I knew like a handful of people, but it was, um, mostly stuff that was, um, it was people trying to do stuff that was more commercially like successful, like, um, you know, a lot of bands trying to sound like, uh, Alexis on fire type, you know, or, or yeah. Spittlefield or, you know, stuff like that, which is, you know, I mean, I listen to stuff like that, but, um, it's not, um, 
like when when literally every band is trying you know trying to do that and um yeah it was you know like you said it there was the expansion and then the and then there was the like here's all of this that's kind of you know happening um that's all pretty similar um but yeah i think um that uh you know as people being able to um record themselves people being able to um like download uh just just like um all all of these like uh uh plugins and 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 being able to like make beats themselves and all of this other stuff i think like i don't even know what stuff is going to look like in like five years you know i so exciting (laughs) yeah i like i feel like um I feel like I'm already, you know, a dinosaur in in the world of um, music making and stuff, and I'm I'm fine with that. I'm fine to just like keep making stuff that I like, and that's cool. But I, what really excites me is when I hear something, and I'm like, shit, why did I never think of that, or you know, like how come that's never yeah. happened before? That's um, that's so awesome. Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. Yeah, there's those bands that you hear them, and in retrospect, it seems obvious. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Can you think of a band that's out there right now that does that for you? Um, honestly, I think uh, the latest one that did it for me was Senza. Yeah. Um, the, the, that combination of, like, Dillinger Escape Plan, Math Metal, and, like, the body style vocals, and, like, melodic black metal like sort of inspiration i was just like wow how did this not happen yet yeah (laughs) yeah it's it's really you know i don't they they just they just uh absolutely nailed like what they were going for and i i mean i'm assuming they they feel the same way um it's kind of weird when when you think about stuff like that and you're like this band absolutely hit the nail on the head. And then later you might find out like th- that the band was unsatisfied. I'm not saying that they, they feel this way. Cause I've, I've never asked this question, um, head on, but, um, it's kind of funny when you, when you hear that later, like, um, uh, when I like, for example, when I was chatting with, um, the folks from on the mind of princes, um, th- their album sirens is one of my favorite albums of all time and like they're like yeah that didn't turn out how we wanted and then i listened to that and i was so taken aback because did that blow your mind yeah Sirens is so influential to me like it's one of the most important records in my life like absolutely absolutely i was telling them this story i was like i did this wasn't on the air but i was like sirens is this album when i'm on tour like It'll be, yeah, I'll be out on tour for two weeks and then the last leg of the tour when I'm about a little under an hour from my house I put on sirens and it makes the last hour just feel I just feel some certain way because it's I just did what I feel like I've always wanted to do with my life and I feel like that album just brings me home and I'm just like holy shit and they're like yeah it it was so it was so weird every it didn't turn out the way and you know so that's why that's why i was saying like it's 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 funny when you find out that um 
that wasn't some what somebody was going for but um yeah like uh there's so much about Senza that's like it seems like like you're saying it's like there's the long parts that might remind you of like fall of Ephrafa or something absolutely and then there's like you said there's the, the the body type vocals and the the Dillinger-ish like mathy shreddy stuff and uh, yeah it's it's really wild but you uh, know like as and I know we got to wrap up but um like I I think that that example of on the might of princes and even with Senza because like you know that record is even the worm will turn is so detailed that I feel certain that something got left out you know what I mean like they they seem like perfectionist kind of people. Um, but I think that, like the the phenomena of like okay these guys think sirens didn't turn out the way they wanted it but it's such a pivotal record for you and I like that's the beautiful thing about like the conversational aspect of art right mm-hmm. is that like once you put it out like it doesn't belong to you like it becomes someone else's thing and that's like part of the lifespan of the of the of the piece you know absolutely and I find that just like so touching and moving. And that was my conversation with Kai Van Vlack. Thank you so much, Kai, for taking the time to chat with me. I'm looking forward to your new album and to that other thing that we are working on together. Aha. Until next time, take care and do good things. <laughs>